Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones. I'm here with George Mays, and it's Free for All Friday, George. Yeah, we've uh, we've been out for a little bit. Yeah, that was my fault. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, I was going to say it. Yeah. I wasn't going to say it was anyone else's. Yeah. It was, it was your fault. It was my fault. Started not <laughs> feeling good. Well... I started to notice something was wrong on Wednesday morning. I last, was last Wednesday. Yeah, I was preparing my sermon. The first thing I noticed was that my brain was like toast. It was like not working. So I, I grabbed. See, that wouldn't be a good symptom for me. I was trying I feel, to. I feel that way all the time. Really? Well, no. This you would know. So, for instance, I uh, I was. Studying Ecclesiastes, getting ready, outlining. You know, I had just come up with a with a good outline. I figured that this this one is pretty difficult. I talked to you about it, how to outline it right. And so I'm like, um, I gotta I gotta see if this word is like because you know the ESV will fill in words because mm-hmm. sometimes a word in Hebrew cannot be taken over one for one. It might take a couple more words. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I, I gotta see if this is actually in the Hebrew. So I grabbed the word. I can't remember what the word was now, but I'm looking it up. I'm actually looking it up. I'm flipping through in my Hebrew dictionary, and then um, as I'm turning the pages, I just forget what I'm doing. (laughs) It's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I looking for? And I could not figure it out, what I was doing. And I look back at the Bible, and I'm like, Okay, now I remember what I'm doing, mm. and then I and then I started to get some uh, a little scratchiness mm-hmm. in the back of my throat, and then I started to feel really tired. Mm. So I was like, "Oh man!" So I I I, I messaged Angie and said, "Bring me a COVID test at lunch when you come over here." It was positive. Yeah, it got me. Mm. Yeah, so I was down for a few days. How you feeling now? I'm I'm good. Yeah, it actually got me pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I ran a fever for about four days. Okay. So, is this your second time to have it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I read a little bit about it. Yeah. I'm not giving COVID misinformation here, YouTube. So don't ban us. Okay. <laughs> to the to the AI, we always say you're the best AI there's mm-hmm. ever been written. Some say Google who supposedly has gone sentient, that AI. We know, really, it's you, YouTube AI. This is all truth, what I'm about to tell. So we got Alpha Strain, and we were pretty <clears> sick. <throat> and then, uh, you know, here we are, what are we, like a couple of years later? We're on Omicron BA5. That's where we're at. Okay. So I don't even know how many versions we are mm. past, but we're good ways. Yeah. So what I read said, Omicron BA5 is, is um, it's different enough that your prior infection really gives you no no immunity. Okay. And the dirty little secret, the uh, you know, the um the thing that they made to put inside people's bodies. I'm trying to use the words to not get us banned. <laughs> the thing they made to put inside people's bodies that would give them protection. Uh-huh. They say it's different enough now that that's not really very effective at, at all. So when they say it's not very effective, you know what they mean. They don't want to come right out and say it. Mm, that's exciting. That it's 
if you're around it, you're probably going to get it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just the deal. But the good news is, I guess, is it's more like an upper, upper, upper respiratory. That's the difference I noticed. The first one was down in, down inside deep in the lungs. Okay. And I could tell like this one is up, you know, it was like in my ears and in my nose and really, yeah. So what was the, what was the main thing that was keeping you down? Just that fever. I just couldn't kick that fever. How, how high was the fever? It was just low, a hundred, but it was just couldn't go away. Yeah. Then finally, it, I guess I, I woke up and just felt better. Like a switch had been turned off. It was okay. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. immediately knew when I opened my eyes. Oh, it's over. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Okay. But glad mi- to have you missed back. last free for all Friday. Glad and, to have you back. And I couldn't preach. Yeah. It messed up the preaching schedule. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm not coming back for Ecclesiastes for a short time. Then then get going on break again. And so we're like, we'll just go on and, and George, you'll start yours. You're back in Hebrews. So that'll be Monday. We'll be back in Text Driven Tuesday, and that will be with George back in Hebrews. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're struggling with the outline. I'm struggling with the outline. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those, it's one of those um those passages that it's like the the message is clear. Mm-hmm. It's it's really the the central the central message is is really clear. It's um, it's just the way that the passage is put together. Um, it's difficult to come up with what's a good outline because I don't want it to just be a commentary, mm-hmm. and you don't want to just walk through. And so I'm, I, I I'm probably not going to have as quite a linear outline as I'm more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm much more comfortable with the linear outlines. Right. Um, this one. I'm I'm leaning more towards a different kind of outline. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. Look forward to it. George, the world's so divided today on everything. Uh, well, maybe not the world. Our The world we live in here in the West. I'm sure people... But you know what I mean. I mean, it's just everybody's at each other. We're really all over the world. We got... You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on, man. Wars and whatever. But every once in a while, George, something comes along. That can unite the whole world. Mm. Yeah. And since you're not on TikTok, I'm going to introduce you oh, to no. the thing that has united the entire world okay. for a brief moment in time. Oh. Um, you don't have to switch over to my screen. We'll just let George listen to it. George, are you ready? <laughs> okay. I'm going to set it up for you and say, first, here's what happened. A man interviewed a young boy. Okay. At like a, a fairground, okay. like type thing, like maybe a state fair, I don't know. And he's got one of those big pieces of corn, you know, the big corn. Uh-huh. And it's got like the butter and what's the red stuff they put it, like a red salt or whatever. What is that stuff? I don't know. Paprika or something? Corn. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I do Corn spice. Corn spice? And Let's go. this kid. Is that one of the Spice Girls? And he, is there corn, is there <laughs> corn spice? <laughs> So this is how it begins. He interviews this kid. I'll let you listen to it. Okay. Okay. All right. And then uh, I'll show you. Okay. After. <laughs> okay. I guess maybe we're not listening. To maybe. It. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens. Nothing excites. Nothing excites people who are listening to a podcast more than dead air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
here we go. Okay, I think I, I've, I think I fixed it now. Okay. So let's uh, let's try one more time. How okay. About that. What is going Ever on? Since I was told that corn was real, it tasted good. Did you think corn wasn't real? But when I tried it with butter, everything changed. I love corn. Mmm, corn. Do you think everyone should be eating corn? No, not everyone has to like it to be the best. Yeah. Everyone just has to try it. Have a bite. What else are your favorite things? I play a variety of games. Hide and seek, tag, never lava monster. Yeah, mostly cold. I mean, then look at this then. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. <laughs> it's corn. <laughs> it's corn. Because corn is awesome. Can you describe corn to someone who's never tasted it before? A big lump with knobs. It has the juice. It's the part that mostly makes me like the corn. How much do you think corn should cost? Mandala. I hope you really have a corn-tastic day. A corn-tastic day? What? It's just a pineapple cone. <laughs> All right, there's the beginning. All right, it's a big lump with knobs. It's got the juice. Yeah, it's corn. Uh huh. That's. Are you ready for this? <laughs> okay. This song. Oh no! <laughs> about corn. <laughs> Has united the entire world. Really? Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, something good just comes along. Yeah. That we can say, you know what? It just that's makes just, us forget all the all the bad things that are happening in the that's world. That's just fun. And yeah. it just makes me happy. Okay. And it's the corn song. Ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Go. Go. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's try this. This is real exciting, Jay. I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> George. You better George. give me this corn song after uh, after all that build up. You better, I can't. you better play this uh, song. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! You're gonna have people rioting now. Let me tell you what, I can't, uh, I can't with this technology, George. Um, it's probably user user error. Yeah, but I really need to see this I gotta, video though. I got a worker. Uh, I got a workaround. Oh, you need to see that video. I got to see the video of this kid with the with the corn with the corn. Should oh, I have yeah. showed the video? Oh, I I think so. You think I need to do it again and show it? Hey, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, Mary, let's see. Switch let's it over. See the uh, oh, okay. All right, let's see this. I, I was told that corn was real. There you it go. Tasted good. Did you think corn wasn't real? And when I tried it with butter, everything changed. <laughs> I love corn. Mmm, corn. Do you think everyone should be eating corn? No, not everyone has to like it to be the best. Yeah. Everyone just has to try it. Have a bite. What else are your favorite things? I play a variety of games. Hide and seek, tag, never lava monster. Yeah, mostly corn. I mean, then look at this then. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. It's corn. <laughs> it's corn. Because corn is awesome. Can you describe corn to someone who's never tasted it before? A big lump with knobs. It has the juice. It's the part that mostly makes me like the corn. How much do you think corn should cost? Mandala. I hope you really have a corn-tastic day. A corn-tastic day? <laughs> what? All right, there you go.
All right, you can that switch kid, off now. That Larry, kid is I think I've got it, amazing. Though. You ready? <laughs> yes. There you go. That's great. That thing has blown up. Really? Oh, yeah. It's corn. Everybody likes corn. Everybody likes corn. Yeah. Once you try it with butter, everything, everything changes. changes. Yeah. Everything changes. Wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. I figure you would like that. Something wholesome for the world. Mm. Everyone likes corn especially at the fair so um either that or the big uh big turkey leg or the big cotton candy uh everything but the clowns (laughs) all right so now that we've uh now that we've talked about something that's uniting the world can we talk about something that's that is dividing our country yeah yeah (laughs) let's do that Well, this is this is uh, I mean, this has been all that anyone's been talking about um, for the last week. Yeah, uh, we're a little behind. Yeah, we probably that on, blame that on you. It's my fault. That's, we would we would have talked about it last week. Uh, President Biden, in the biggest executive order ever, mm-hmm. um, he pardoned what? How much was it? Ten billion? I don't know. At least, probably. In, uh, Larry, you know? A trillion. Wow. Of student loans. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any student loans when you went to, uh, to college, Jay? Mm. You went, you went on a baseball scholarship, right? Yeah. But I think I had a small portion for, uh, maybe housing. So okay. I lived off campus. Okay. Uh, my sophomore year and my senior year. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I know I had a a good sized uh, student loan debt when I graduated. <clears throat> uh, but apparently, if you um, what are you making less than a hundred and twenty five? Something like that. And then I guess if you're married that it's more than that 200 something Mm. because they take into account two income households maybe so they canceled ten thousand dollars in student loan debts for someone that um the federal federally backed student loans right because i don't think he can do anything with a private i wouldn't think so yeah but nowadays who knows yeah who knows who even knows um so it's uh it's dividing the country because um the president is doing this unilaterally, so this he didn't go through Congress. This uh-huh. is an executive um, decision to cancel these debts. But is that how debt works? Uh, no. But, well, first off, we should have grabbed that video of Nancy Pelosi saying the president doesn't have that authority to do that. Oh, yeah, that? from a couple of years ago. Yeah, when when Trump was in office. And I, I guess, was he talking about it for a while? I don't even know. But she was like, he cannot do that. He doesn't have that authority. Mm-hmm. He's got to come through Congress to do that. Yeah. Um, 
but here we are. So All right. That's so, so, the- so first off, that's one, one issue that I would have is there's too much. The president is always doing too much, and people people like it when it's their president, right? Mm-hmm. But then when it's not their president, they seem to have a problem. You should have a problem all the time when the president is is uh, when has so much power that he was not intended to have. Right. Our right. our Congress virtually does and accomplishes nothing, and the things they're supposed to accomplish, uh, the president is just just does it. Right. Um, by executive fiat, or you know, issues these executive orders. Right. So I don't like that at all. On either side, no matter who the president is, I don't. I don't like it. I think it's uh, it, it's just amassing more and more and more power mm-hmm. in one branch of government, and that's that's never a good idea, right? Um, <clears throat> but what we want to talk about is not so much um, the ins and outs of the economy and uh, the government. Um, pardoning debts, Mm -hmm. but how some Christians are responding to this. Yeah. Well, Uh, I'd say before we jump into that, if maybe people are curious, like, what do you think about the student loan forgiveness thing? mm -hmm. I'd say if it was just forgiveness, whatever. I mean, it's the federal government losing money, so I don't care. Um, And I think they're predatory in their business practices anyway. So if the banks that were in cooperation with them who loaned the money uh, engaged in predatory lending, I don't care if they lose it. So if he wants to just be like, you lost your money because you're engaged in predatory activity, um, fine. Make it just disappear. Snap your fingers because we we all know that's not backed by anything anyway. (laughs) Our money is just pretend money now. Um, That's fine. But what you don't do is then pass it on to other people. That part I don't like. Somebody, so as it is right now, I think somebody's going to end up paying for it. That part I'm not okay with. Right, um, because the the federal government doesn't have money. Right, it's funded by the taxpayers. So yeah. The mo- so the money, the money that the federal government is giving out is already not their money. Right. So it's not going to be. It's not going to be forgiven. Really. <laughs> right. Well, right. it'll be forgiven for the individual. Um, but right. but it's not well. I mean, on the front end, right. on the front end, it's going to be forgiven. But on the back end, with taxes, well, yeah, yeah. If they if if they uh, are, start contributing to society and have a good job, then eventually they'll be paying back into it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, but it's just it's just shifting it to someone else right. or to a later time. Really, probably shifting it to our like grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you right. think about it, so the people who pay for it aren't even alive yet. <laughs> Grandchildren, Jay. Grandchildren. Yeah, probably more like great, great, great. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Forever and ever mm-hmm. uh, down the line. Um, the problem that um, I'm having with this is there are people on social media who are comparing the student loan debt um, forgiveness to substitutionary atonement. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that, and it's 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 everywhere too. Yes. So I just want to thank President Biden right here officially. Okay. For exposing all of the so-called Christians <laughs> who have year for years professed that they understand the gospel. Uh-huh. You've now made it thanks to President Biden abundantly clear that probably 90% of professing Christians have no idea about the gospel whatsoever. Mhm. So thank you for that. 
you're, you are, have become the winnowing fork in this one thing, this it's, one it issue. It seems like this, the, the last couple of years has really been exposing that, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you think of uh, churches closing, and you've got, uh, you kind of see the separation between Christians that actually want to go to church and those who are content to just stay at home, mm-hmm. right? Um, we've got abortion, the the decision mm-hmm. uh, this summer really exposed a lot of professing Christians right. as supportive of abortion <clears throat> and saying some outlandish things. Um, and the president of the ERLC saying that you'd never get him to say that the woman is guilty. Right. Right. Um, and then you've got stuff like this mm-hmm. that's really exposing. So it, it just seems like in the, and I, I would say, I would say that it's, it's abundantly clear that our country is under God's judgment. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see that in the, in the judgment on our nation, it's really exposing false believers. Yeah. Well, I've said for a long, long time, and people, hopefully people didn't think I was crazy for saying it, but I, I've always believed that uh, of the people that profess to be Christian in America, it's like less than 10% that yeah. actually are fo- actual followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Call it a story. You you have to like come up with new names now. Well, we can we'll talk more about that later probably when we get to the section on the uh, homosexuality and stuff. But I am an actual follower of the teachings of Christ because everybody can say I'm a whatever Christian. Right. And I actually literally believe he's God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, it, this is where we are. Yeah. We need more definition of what what do we mean? I'm a historical Christian, mm-hmm. the kind of Christian that you know everyone that didn't need a definition yeah. until the recent history, right? So um, I've got got some tweets. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them. I just wanted to yeah, let's I see. I just em. wanted to show show them to you, Jay. Let's see them. Uh, let's I just see wanted to expose you to some stuff. It's not as good as the corn video, but uh, got some things. So I, I don't know who. Uh, Three of these people are, but I know who the last person is, mm-hmm. and you're familiar with this last person, John. Okay. So, all right, let's uh, let's turn over to my screen. Okay, uh, Scott Coley. I don't know who that is, uh, but when the servant who had five hundred thousand dollars in the uh, payroll <laughs> uh, loans forgiven oh, went out, goodness. he found a millennial who had ten thousand in student loans forgiven, and proceeded to gripe about the unfairness of it all. The PPP loans were the uh, coronavirus loans, right? For for people who aren't familiar with what the PPP loans are, right. of which we did not take any, right? At this church, right? There are some churches that did. Mm-hmm. We took none, right? So yeah, the PPP loans—they're for businesses to stay open during the coronavirus, which um, we all know now uh, it was immoral what the government did to those businesses. Mm-hmm. Um. But he's trying to take uh, Jesus' parable. Yeah, he's uh, got but, Matthew. He's got a little typo. <clears throat> Matthew eighteen twenty eight, right. um, the parable of the unjust servant. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have the uh, you have the the king. Uh, a debt is owed to him by the servant. Yes, and uh, one commentator says that 
the amount the amount of um of this debt that's owed to the king would have been something like um uh, a bazillion dollars mm-hmm. like an uh, like an unreal number right um that could never be right repaid the king forgives him mm-hmm. then that servant goes out to uh, another servant who owes him a month a month's worth of uh of debt right and um, when the servant asks for time, mm-hmm. um, he takes him and basically starts to choke him. Right. Um, and the king hears about it, and he throws the first servant into uh, in the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shows that this this servant who's been forgiven this huge debt um, can't forgive someone who owes him a, a smaller debt. Right. This guy is taking that to mean the government has the right to just forgive debts and we shouldn't complain about it. Right. Which is not what the passage is about. Right. The passage is about um, how God forgives our sins. Mm -hmm. And so we ought to forgive others because our sin against God is an infinite amount. Right. Whereas the sin that someone um, uh, does against us is small in comparison. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not it's not about uh, debt forgiveness right. in this this case. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, one thing I would <clears throat> say though, I'll speak against uh, maybe the. Some people may have this idea, and it may really bother them, and I can understand why it would bother them. But if you if we look at it just from a uh, from a Christian perspective, okay, I paid back all my student loan debt, right. Which you say you say you pay back all your student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So let's use you as a hypothetical. I don't even know if you feel this way, but you say I paid all mine back. I'm a responsible adult. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend you know all this extra money, and I didn't get you know nice cars. I was wise with my money. I paid back all my debt. Mm-hmm. Now I'm mad at them because they're getting theirs forgiven. Right. Um, I don't think that's a good attitude to have. Mm-hmm. I mean. Can you blame them? I mean, it's they're just going <laughs> right. to take their debt away. Yeah, right. Why would you be mad at them about that? Right. Um, if they then just transferred the debt directly to you, then I could see why you would be mad, mm-hmm. which I guess an argument can be made that something like that is happening. Right. Um, but probably, like I said, you know, we won't even be alive I, I when think, this thing I gets think paid pe- back. I think, people are being, I think people are being angry at the wrong the wrong people Mm -hmm. um and the the issue really isn't even about should debts ever been be forgiven Mm -hmm. um i mean you you can look at uh, you can look at the law in deuteronomy in the the year of jubilee and and how all debts are forgiven Mm -hmm. um so it's not it that's not the that's not even the issue um the issue really is who has the authority to forgive the debt uh um and is the debt actually being forgiven? forgiven? Right, right. Is the debt actually going away, or is it being transferred to somebody else who, uh, I, who doesn't who doesn't have any responsibility yeah. for that? Right. That's that really is the the issue. So uh, I don't think being, uh, being mad at the people whose debts are being forgiven um, that's that's dumb. Yeah, I think because what are you going to do? Say no, no, no. That's okay. I'll uh, I'll I'll pay the debt. <laughs> I mean, it, they didn't ask for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the people that you should be mad at are 
well, the president mm-hmm. and the Democrats, right. <laughs> because the Democrats who, like you said, Pelosi previously said, no, the president has doesn't have authority to do that when it's her party. Well, now this is great. Yeah. Right. Um, so those are the people that you should be mad at. Don't and the, be mad at the people. Yeah. That, and they're, they, they pulled it out. Honestly. I mean, they, they politicized it. They did. Oh, yeah. it, they did it to buy votes. Yeah, yeah. To buy votes of the young, right. of younger folks. Yeah. Um, How is this not like uh, bribing people to, to it, vote for you? It is. Like, it's just on a, yeah. a a bigger scale than has ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're. I mean, they're completely out of touch. They're talking about. I mean, like if you're paying off student loan debt and you're not in a position that you can even do it. Mm-hmm. Um. What are you going to do when they tell you like? Uh, You've got to buy an electric vehicle, right. which is right. They're proposing in California no more mm-hmm. the sale of of traditional mm-hmm. fossil fuel vehicles. Yeah. Like they're out of touch. Like this yeah. doesn't affect people that live right in it, palaces. This yeah. affects regular people. So yeah. it's just a it's just a buy uh, a vote it buy. Is. Yeah, but they're trying to be politically smart. Mm-hmm. And if you are, I mean, think about it. It is a politically smart move to do. Yeah, you have to. You know, be objective when you look at this and understand this is what they're trying to do. Right. And uh, if they can pull it off, can you blame them? I mean, you can say, I, I don't agree. I think it's wrong. And that's that's fine. Yeah. But it's politics. But the real deal is to say, okay, how, how as Christians should we address this? Because I've seen it all over. You've seen it all over. Um People comparing this to the atonement, mm-hmm. which is absolutely inappropriate and not right. It's not even close. Okay. Yeah, here, look at this. Uh, look at this tweet. Same guy, Scott Coley. Jesus, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, U.S. evangelicals. But that payroll protection plan. <laughs> protection loan was uh, was different. Was different. Yeah. Um. So here's he doesn't come out and say you know, penal substitutionary atonement. Uh-huh. But he's he is equating um, debt. So they they hear the word debt or they read the word debt and they immediately think money. Uh-huh. That is not what Jesus is talking about here in the at the end of the Lord's Prayer. Uh-huh. Forgive us our debts. Um we don't we don't owe God money. Uh-huh. Right. Um we are debtors to him because we've sinned against him. Right. And we need God to forgive us for our sins. Yeah. And we're supposed to forgive others when they sin against us. Same thing that he, this guy's doing with Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he doesn't understand um, what Jesus is even talking about. He's not talking about, he's not, he's not teaching on finances in these passages. He's right. teaching about sin mm-hmm. and how we're supposed to forgive others. Right. Jesus goes on right, a, right after that. You. Yeah, right after that, he says, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about money. Mm-hmm. He's talking about when someone sins against you. Right. Um, but let's talk, about, let's talk about substitutionary atonement a little bit. We talked about it. I mean, we've talked about it on here before, but it's, it's worth noting that what's going on here is not the same as what happened on the cross. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. Um, So Colossians 2, 13 through 14 says this, and you were dead in your trespasses and 
the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Mm. So that's that's penal substitution. Right. Um, first, Paul says, Paul first, says, first, the debt is owed to God. Right, yeah. Right. And it's a it's a debt that you earn for yourself, too. Like, you mm. can't even... Though though you have inherited a sin nature mm-hmm. from Adam, you yourself are in the wage because you, like Adam, sin. Right. And that's why death has reigned from him till now. Um, but Romans 6.23 explicitly says it, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there, you, and th- here's why I love that passage, because you can use this passage to share the gospel with someone who's like a blue-collar, a blue-collar guy or girl, the, a waitress. They work, they work for hourly wage. They may even work for tips, a um, construction worker. He works for a wage. He gets paid on Friday, uh, probably every Friday, because that's how a lot of construction places do that. Salaried people kind of can get it, but you really get it when you understand, I earned this wage, mm-hmm. it's mine. Right. And what Paul says is all of humanity, they're earning a wage, and the wage they're earning is death. Mm-hmm. The wages of sin is death. That's what you deserve to get. So payday comes, judgment comes, what do you deserve from God? Yep. Death. And then he makes the uh, the one for one comparison. Okay, that's what you deserve. That's what you've earned from God. Everybody thinks they're a good person. Everybody thinks God should accept them because they have done mainly good and not bad. And Paul says, "No, what you've earned for yourself is death." But the free gift, because a gift is not a wage, the free gift of God. All right, it is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's a stark, stark comparison uh, and contrast that it's a free gift that God gives, eternal life in Christ Jesus. And you go back to what else he has said in Colossians, um, Galatians 5, 1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, uh, so there's freedom from debt language, freedom from sin, freedom from slavery language, and all of that is done for you by God. Mm-hmm. And you say, people will say, yeah, but God put that on somebody else to pay for it. Yeah. But one, you're forgetting some, yeah, who, something really big. Who that person is. Who is the person. Right? It's God. It's right. <laughs> it's God the Son. And... It's not put on him unwillingly. He goes willingly to the that's, cross, and that's the key. That is this. That is the key. The right. key thing. Uh, there's a third difference between this, though. Okay. On the cross, our sins were actually forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like all of our sins, all of our debt was paid. Yeah. Um, this uh, this analogy between what Biden did for student loans, forgiving ten thousand for you know, a bunch of people um, is more analogous to the uh, Arminian atonement than it is to actual penal substitutionary right. atonement because mm-hmm. he he forgave some of it. Mm-hmm. But what if you got 20,000 in student debt, <laughs> right. right? 
You're not getting it all paid. You don't get it all paid, right? Um, on the cross, all of our sins are paid. All of yeah. our debt is paid. But in in this in this scheme, only some of it gets paid. Yeah, you have to pay the rest of it. Yeah, um, that's not that's right. Yeah. That's not the biblical mm-hmm. atonement. Right, right. And as you said, he did it willingly. Right. So a, a better a better correlation, if you want to use what just happened, would be something like this: um, the president he organizes with all of the richest, say the top 1,000 richest people in America. And that would do it, I guarantee it. He was like, hey guys, would you willingly take this debt on yourself and wipe it out? Mm. And they all were like, we'd love to do it. It'd be our honor to do it, right? to serve that way. Mm -hmm. This is what Christ has done. Right. It was for... Uh, the the glory of his father, but also done out of love mm. for his people, that he willingly would die for his people to take right. their debt. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Two more, two more tweets for you, Jay. On this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I think it would be interesting to do a hypothetical on if I ran for president. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll save that. Okay. Because right. it has to do with erasing debts. Okay. Be good. Well, this one's a good. This one's a good tweet. Uh, the responses are not great, mm. but here it says Twitter, where the Bible is ambiguous about such matters as sexual ethics and the sanctity of life, but exceptionally clear on student loan forgiveness. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what's so funny about this is the people who are like, "This is the Christian way. Mm-hmm. You should be on board with this," and then they're like. Uh, but the Bible's not clear on any of these other things. Right. And you're... Yeah. <laughs> the Bible is not clear on homosexuality. And you're a bigot. Yeah. <laughs> you're a bigot for not for not being on... For, uh, for being with the Bible. Yeah. Which is actually incredibly clear mm. on those issues. Uh, and one last one from our friend, Jory Micah. Oh, goodness gracious. She's out of jail. <laughs> and back on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, she wrote, funny how conservative Christians follow the Bible literally when it comes to the subjugation of women, but not when it comes to forgiveness of death. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, what is she talking about, the subjugation of women? That's what, that's what I always get you like, what are you talking about? I think it's because people keep telling her that she needs to quit teaching. Oh. And even if she was a man, the things that she's teaching, she needs to quit teaching. And she bit a police officer when they came to her house to arrest her because of drug use. Yeah. So maybe, maybe she's not the Bible expert. Yeah. That she uh, she likes to say subjugation. That she is. Yeah. It's so funny, man. Like, uh, I guess they. I'm trying to like put my mind. That's what I do. I try to project my mind into the worldview mm-hmm. of someone who would say these things. <clears throat> yeah. And I guess what they would say is like, my wife is. Um, been subjugated to like inequality or something. Well, I mean, you look at my look at my family. Um, I mean, what's the what's the highest level of subjugation? My wife's a housewife. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like she homesc- stays at home and homeschools homeschools the kids. Um, they would view that as subjugation, mm-hmm. um, or just saying that that women shouldn't be pastors. I see. Like that's I think that's the issue for her. Right. I think that's. I mean, she's got a whole lot of baggage, yeah. but that's that's probably a a big mm. part of it. She's pro. She's pro all this this uh, this sinful lifestyle. So probably you know uh, the Supreme Court telling women that they can't 
go murder their babies. That's subjugating them. Yeah. Right. They they no longer are in control of their mm-hmm. their own bodies and stuff like that. I, I just share Jory Micah not because I put any weight on what she says, but because she says the most hilarious things. <laughs> and I just can't keep it to myself. I'm always showing my wife. I'll yeah. I'll lean over, hey, look at what Jory Micah <laughs> posted. Uh, she hates it. Yeah. But you, I just can't help myself. I listen. Uh, talk about being on board for forgiveness. I'm all on board for forgiveness. Like I said, if they want to actually forgive it and wipe it out, yeah, go for it. Yeah, know? I think I think that it's and make in, it just disappear because right. they can do it. Like I said, the money is not backed in a gold standard anymore. Or put the put the burden back on the banks. Yeah, like you're just gonna have to eat this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but I think as Christians, we need to make sure that our our response is correct. Right. Um, I don't think at any point should Christians be railing against the president. Um, we're supposed to honor the emperor, honor the king. Right. Right. Um, and we need to recognize that um, some of the, I mean, there are things that happen in our country that are out of our control. The most control we have in in regards to these things is who we vote for. Right. <clears throat> All right. And you have you have one vote. And that's that's really the best that you can do. So we don't need to be plunged into despair, nor do we need to be angry all the time. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. And one thing that we can remember, if you feel like, hey, you know what? I don't like the way they're using my money. It's not right for them to tax me. Um, I guess you can, you can feel that way. Um, but we have... I think clear verses that tell us that we are to pay our taxes and we don't, the, we have it better than the uh, citizens of Rome at it really. Yeah. Because they had no say whatsoever and how Caesar was spending their money. I mean, he could yeah, use it all to, uh, completely try to eradicate like, uh, well, they did try and fail, didn't they? In uh, the nor- the mean, northern they, people of England, yeah. but right, they're right. going like, "Hey, these people are a nuisance. We're just eradicate their entire population." Right? Like you, your taxes in Rome were going to that type of stuff. Yeah, where'd the mo- where'd Nero get the money for yeah. his circus? That he would take your yeah gladiatorial games uh, where they would kill Christians right. for the amusement. They would take your tax money and use it to build like pagan temples and stuff. Yeah, because that was central to their entire society. Mm-hmm. So you're paying. Your taxes—they're using your taxes to build various, you know, temples to where there may be all kinds of immorality going on. Mm-hmm. And Paul writes this in Romans thirteen seven. He says, "Pay to all what is owed to them taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed." Um, and that, I mean, the government wastes money all the time, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we don't get to go, you know what, I'm not going to pay my taxes anymore, or right. I'm going to be grumpy about this all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. They, uh, you know, the, we've, uh, you know, the, you see in the, the New Testament how the uh, the tax collectors, they could they could take more than what was actually owed, mm-hmm. and the Romans didn't care as long as they got their, their due. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Christians are still called to pay their taxes. Yeah. Pay the taxes. And remember that this is not our home. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I know you so got, I got one. For I know you, you got something. George, I'm, I'm going to run something. I'm going to run for president and okay. my platform will be this. Okay. okay. Every 50th year in this nation, all debt will be wiped out. So you're going to, you're going to institute the, the Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say, isn't this a great idea? All you have to do is make this a Christian nation. <laughs> right. And every 50th year, I think, it, I think this is appeal to the masses, George. Isn't it, isn't talking it interesting? Middle though. class, lower class. Fi- right. You own a house in 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, any debt you ever had, it goes away. If right. you lost property uh, because some business dealings, you get it all back. Yeah. And all you have to do is live uh, in submission to Jesus. <laughs> right. Jesus is king. And yeah. who, want, who wants that? All, well, debt, I, for, all I, debt forgiveness. I think what's interesting is that the uh, unbelievers are always trying to do things that the Bible <laughs> commands, but they do it in terrible ways. Right. Like they do it in halfway ways. So you'll they'll look at Biden forgiving all this debt and they'll they'll say, Oh, look, this is so great. And all you gotta do is is point them to Deuteronomy and be like, Yeah, but this is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Also, no lending mm-hmm. with uh interest. Interest, yeah. Yeah. That would I don't know how our economy would work. Actually, our economy is based on that. But well, I know, I know. You know, we have to we have to be really careful right. um, when we're talking about uh, the Mosaic Law. What what still is applied and what was for the nation of Israel. Right. I mean that the uh, the year of jubilee, uh-huh. um, the the debt cancellation, that was not that was not um, a law for all the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a law for Israel, and it had to do with them keeping their inheritance in the land. Mm-hmm. Um, so God was very concerned with with giving all the families of all the tribes their portion in the land. They mm-hmm. had an inheritance, and uh, there are laws set up so that, that they don't lose their inheritance. Right. It always reverts back um, at the end of mm-hmm. uh, the jubilee, and um, and they can't so, lend, so lend to not, each other yeah. with so on interest. So that's not um, so. It I don't know. It I mean, it's it's a nice hypothetical if uh, yeah, if I countries mean, actually did that, um, but it's not it's not something that's required of the nations. Right. It keeps it keeps uh, people from being generationally right like taken advantage of. Yeah. Right. It and, it, be, and it reminded the people of Israel it was pointing forward to the inheritance that Christians have in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's an inheritance that we'll never lose. Mm-hmm. It, it will never fade. Right. Right. So that, yeah. All right, what are we going to next? You've got uh, the next thing. News that came out Sunday. I don't know. You're just completely blank, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Village Church. Oh, yeah. I told you, COVID, the COVID brain. I'm here hit, for you, Jay. For real, I'm dude. here for you. It hit for real, man. That's why I. That's why I write this stuff down, Jay. All right, I'm not gonna forget. I'm not gonna remember. So, so Sunday night. Well, Sunday morning. The- Sunday morning. Uh, Village Church, where Matt Chandler is pastor. Um, he stood up and made an announcement. Do you have that? Uh, I do. Do you have that? Clip? But let's okay. maybe tell everybody who he is, so they may not be familiar. Uh, like I, I haven't <clears throat> listened to a Matt Chandler sermon. It's been a while. Yeah, and probably 10 years. The last time I heard Matt Chandler was at a Together for the Gospel. Well, that how long ago was that? Because I was at that one you were at. 
six years ago, seven six years, years ago. I think that's the last time I heard of Matt Chandler sermon. Right. But he, he's uh, he's uh, they're a Southern Baptist church mm-hmm. in Dallas. Yeah, um, they've got several campuses, um, the Village Church, and he is the lead pastor. He's also the president of Acts Twenty Nine, mm-hmm. which is a church planting um, network. Um, wouldn't call him reform. Call him a new Calvinist. Yeah, he's an he's a new Calvinist. Um, Re- reformed in his soteriology. Soteriologically, he's a Calvinist, but he's uh, he's a continuationist. So uh-huh. he believes in. The, yeah, we had him on here the, talking about his pirate ships. Yes, and the stuff. pirate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he got pot. You forgot about the pirate ships? No, I haven't forgotten about the pirate ship. <laughs> uh, he was, I don't think he spoke at the last one, but he was one of the speakers at Together for the Gospel. Okay. Um, he became pretty popular around 2010 ish. Because that's when, like, uh, um, people started sharing that Jesus Wants a Rose video. Yeah. It, it's, well, it was a little bit earlier than that because, uh, Julia and I, we went down there. We went down there and we went to his church, and I think it was before Roland was born. Really? Um, so that would have to be 2005, uh-huh. 2004, 2005. Uh-huh. Um, so he was he was gaining popularity. I first heard him at Falls Creek. Really? Yeah, yeah. Best speaker I've ever heard at Falls Creek was, really? was Matt Chandler. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good public yeah. speaker. This was before they built the indoor um, the in- indoor. Um, auditorium. This was out, outside. He was kind of an introduction to expository preaching, I guess, for me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered like what I would call real expository preaching. <laughs> and I don't mean that yeah. to like say anything bad about it. He's, yeah, yeah. he's kind of like, uh, and he may do it on purpose because he's trying to be more, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know the word. I don't have words, George. I'm telling you, the COVID, the COVID brain's got me. Mm. But I... But he's he's good. He's a good preacher. He's not. There's nothing wrong with his preaching. We've we've pointed out the things that we would concern us. Yeah, I mean, concerns have arisen, especially after a bunch of the the police shootings and yeah. and things, because yeah. he was say. I mean, he was he was jumping on the right. Black Lives Matters um, kind of bandwagon. Right. Said said things from the pulpit <clears throat> that even had you know there's police officers that go to his church that talk to him about it and, right and we're offended um he has so tried to so preach the gospel faithfully but, yes and he's made it clear mm-hmm. i think he's that's so that's been a benefit uh i think a blessing even mm-hmm. that a lot of people have heard um that that's been kind of front and center of his ministry that he's tried to clearly say universally we're all sinners and we're all messed up and god forgives us in christ right so he that's his ministry, you know. Yeah. And the irony of it is, as he's messed up, and as we'll talk about, people are ready to just <laughs> right curb stomp him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Even though we're missing a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's listen to the clip, and then we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah, love you. You ready? Hey guys. It, I know it, it just feels like, oh my gosh, what's coming? So so let me. I'm, I'm the lead pastor of this church. I plan on being the lead pastor of this church for the next 20 years. Um, but I do need to... It's harder seeing you. 
several months ago, um, a woman approached me um, outside here in the foyer. Um, she had some concerns for how I was DMing on Instagram with a friend of hers. Um, I, I didn't think I had done anything wrong in that. My wife knew that. Her husband knew that. Um, and, and yet there were a couple of things that she said that were disorienting to me. Um, and so I immediately um, came into the room. I found Chairman of the Elder Board, Jason Swords, found Josh Patterson, other lead pastor, and said, this is what this person just told me. Uh, and then I went home. Lauren wasn't with me that night. I told Lauren, this is what was said to me um, tonight. Um, from there, uh, the elders began to look into, because that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, because we cannot be a church where anyone uh, is above the scriptures and above the high heavenly call uh, into Christ Jesus. And so they looked into um, the, the conversation between me and um, this other woman, uh, and they had some concerns. Um, and those concerns were not that our messaging was romantic or sexual. It, it was that our conversations were unguarded and unwise. And because I don't ever want there to be secrets between us, the concerns were really about frequency and familiarity. We believe in brother-sister relationships here. Um, and yet, there was a frequency that moved past that, and there was a familiarity that played itself out in coarse and foolish joking. It's unbefitting uh, of someone in my position as a lead pastor and as an elder. I'm held to a higher standard and fell short of that higher standard. Um, so, so the elders have decided, and I think they're right, that my inability to see what I was in uh, probably has some, is revealing some unhealth in me. And I don't know if that's tied to the pace I run or the, the difficulty of the last six, seven years, but I agree with them. Um, and so in their grace to me and my family, um, they've decided, and again, I think they're right, um, to put me on a leave of absence, um, uh, starting uh, immediately from preaching and teaching at um, the village church. If I'm on, I'm just really embarrassed. Feel stupid. Thank you. Feel dumb. Feel like I'm embarrassing my wife and kids putting a ton of pressure on our staff. I feel like I've fallen short for you. And you might even be hearing, you might not be a Christian, you might be hearing me saying this like, what the H? <laughs> but the word of God holds me to a certain standard. And, and I, need to, I need to live into that. And, and I fell short. And man, I'm, I'm apologizing to my family, to you, to all involved in this situation. And um, I, some things I love, I love that our elders engaged at the level they did. You know how easy this would have been to make it nothing and just let me not address whatever this is? Super grateful that the elders have loved us and walked with us the way that they have. Um, super grateful for you. I'm super hopeful for what's to come in the future. That is pretty but, much it. But I need to breathe. Uh, and that's both... Okay. So he's been put on <clears throat> uh, leave or... Whatever I don't know. I don't know what they're calling it, but it's a leave of absence. Yeah, but that's all. That's all that is known. Mm -hmm. um, 
and Twitter just blew up <sighs> with speculation, um, all kinds of stuff. People ready to seize on it to mm-hmm. uh, say, hey, look, here's another example of pastors covering up. See, look, they're covering it up. They won't tell you what he did uh, or any of this stuff. Even though they said, I don't know if it's at the lady's request that they not for her own sake. Um, but that's all we know. And yeah, um, before we before we go into the direction that you want to go, mm-hmm. which I think is good, uh, I think it's good for us to to talk just briefly about how we should respond to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you you sent me a message the other day saying that you were conflicted about it. Right. I'm conflicted about it too. Uh-huh. Um, because of stuff like this, you can go to my screen. Uh, New York Post, pastor at popular Texas church leaves over, quote, inappropriate messages with women. Right. Um, my, my conflict is how much of this should be done in-house? Uh-huh. Because as soon as it went viral, you've got the New York Post right. picking up on it. And now everyone's just going to assume the very worst. Right. And that's and that's exactly that's exactly what has happened. Yeah. Everyone has assumed the worst. There's stuff that it's weird. There's weird stuff. The church took his phone and handed it over to an outside law firm and the law firm went through all this stuff and and said that he violated their social media conduct and like what is going on? The church's social media conduct yeah, yeah. Yeah, policy. Um yeah, uh, a law firm took over in May or something, did an investigation, mm-hmm. went through all of his stuff, all these messages between him and the lady. Um, if, like, I see what you're saying, because now it's out there in the world, it's, it's in news, and that's mm-hmm. not the only news, you know, uh, nationwide news company that's released it. Yeah. Maybe redact the lady's name mm-hmm. if they release the actual messages they could do that they so, could, they so could that, redact her that, name that's, that's so a lot of people they i mean if you're if you're on christian twitter <laughs> it's just a dumpster fire because you've got this stuff and people are demanding more information uh-huh. and i don't think that at least with our with our ecclesiology like each church is autonomous it's none of it's none of the watching world's business. Right. Like it should be handled, I think, in the church. And if they're going to go public with it like this, I think that it would be best if they did release everything mm-hmm. that they know. Because if not, everyone's going to be assuming the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, like with redacting her name, mm-hmm. or or with her name. <sighs> Oh goodness, I don't know. There, I mean, you've you've got because you know what will happen there. Oh, I know. Oh, because then the every people in the church that love Matt Chandler are gonna well, they'll like turn on her. Yeah, and there's this is what's this this is what's wrong with the whole um, power dynamic uh-huh. stuff because 
Um, I mean, you've even got Rachel Den Hollander jumping in. Yes. Because what are they going to say? It's the same thing that we talked about on our last free-for-all when we were talking about uh, the, the David and Bathsheba story. Uh-huh. Matt Chandler is the pastor. He's got the he's got the power. So it's all it's power dynamic. He's at fault. She's not at fault at all. Right. Um, he's grooming her. I mean, we don't even we don't even know we don't even right. know what what was said. It could be there is more. That's what everyone's saying. But it, it also could be it could be that there's not. It's it could be that there's nothing more to this than that the elders saw that the frequency of which they were they were talking. Mm-hmm was dangerous yeah. for him yeah, and for her. And the type of joking he was doing with her was inappropriate. Yeah. And so he could be disciplined for the type of things he was sending her. Right. That were not, they're not, uh, they have nothing to do, there's no sexual nature to it at all or anything other than they were, as he said, crude in course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would be shocking to the world, right? If they dump, if they dumped it and released everything and they're like, right. What are you disciplining this him for? <laughs> right. This like, because he's used some cuss words? Right. <laughs> but that may be what they've done. It could be. I mean, <clears throat> we don't know. We don't know. Um, well, so this is this is where I, I wanted to talk just just briefly before we talk about um, the, the next thing is when we see stuff like this, we need to take um, Solomon's words um, to heart. Uh, he says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Mm-hmm. We don't have all the information. And I would argue that if you don't go to the village church, you don't have the, you, you're not privy to that. And you shouldn't demand that. I, I don't think that their church is, I don't think that they have to answer to the Christian world as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think that they are an aut- autonomous church. And they should be able to handle it on their own. And rando guy on Twitter doesn't have the authority to say, tell us exactly what he did. Or Rachel Den Hollander, yeah. Or Rachel Den Hollander, right. Um, See, what and, they automatically assume, mm-hmm. those like them, I'm not saying they in particular are, but those like them because of the culture, what they're thinking is the elders are circling the wagons mm-hmm. and they're protecting Matt Chandler. Right. Whereas in reality... This is just what I believe about the elders at that church. Mm. Um, I believe that they have all of the evidence, and he may have sinned, which, shocker, um, everyone sins, but it may not be a pastoral disqualifying, mm-hmm. like something that happened like with Artaxerdia or mm. these other folks that we've talked about on here before. Right. Um, it may not even be in that category. But yeah. that, and if it is, they owe it to Matt Chandler and to the woman who I don't know if they've done, started church discipline with her. Don't know any of that, right? They very well may have, yeah. and it's not public. Why? Because they're not trying to shame her. Because church dis- discipline should be done in the closest circle possible, right? Because you begin church discipline, what you're trying to avoid is public shame, right? You want the person to repent. Mm-hmm. If they repent and they turn from their sin, great. You've won a brother. Yeah. What God's word tells us. If they don't, the circle gets bigger. Yeah. More people now know confrontation happens again. Mm-hmm. They refuse to repent. Now the whole church knows. Yeah. And then the whole church then has the responsibility of excommunicating the person right. who won't repent. Yeah. But you don't just blast it out. Mm-hmm. Even the first step 
in a congregational church isn't blasted to the whole church. Right. We're trying to jump. Dan Hollander thinks we should jump every step, mm-hmm. even the church step, and just tell the entire world. Right. Yeah. And it's because of her her ideology that she's following. She's following this power structure. And there, there I, I think that there are people that are nervous about instances like this because there have been stories about leaders circling oh, yeah. the wagon, uh-huh. right? I don't... Well, the whole SBC debacle yeah, yeah. that happened um, recently. And they make it sound like this is what happens every single time. Uh-huh. And really, if you read the report, it's a handful of times that like the report didn't add anything right. that wasn't already known. Um, but not only should we wait to hear, um, but Solomon says, uh, Proverbs eighteen seventeen, the one who states his case, his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Mm-hmm. So we don't have all of the story. And right. something else may come up. The problem with social media is that there's you 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 put something out there and it turns out to be wrong and everyone just forgets it anyway. Right. Um, we we should be really slow to speak, especially about circumstances like this that right. we don't have all the information on. That we're not. We shouldn't even expect that we would get all the information on. That's why I don't know how wise it was for the church to. If they wanted him to come and stand up and and speak to the church, maybe turn the cameras off. Uh-huh. You know, maybe this should have been just a a, a, church, cl- a closed church, a church meeting, meeting, right? Um, instead, now everyone knows, and it's it's just going everywhere. The New York Post is just one example. I mean, it's it's on Yahoo. It's I mean, it's it's all over the place. Right. Um, I don't know how wise that was because, as wise as Solomon's words are, Christians are really bad about about heeding it and especially on social media we're just prone to believing the first thing that we hear and that's how gossip starts yeah rumors rumors abound well and eventually it just gets blown up and you haven't even heard the other side i here i was thinking about this let's say they just did it in a closed church member meeting thing um and the world didn't even know it was members meeting only and i was there as a church member and he said this, well, I would want to know yeah. what was in the messages. Yeah. If I was ever going to feel comfortable again <laughs> that this guy, <laughs> that he's my pastor, yeah. I would want to know what's in the messages. Um, and I don't think anybody at their church that wants that is in the wrong. Yeah. Once they've taken it to this step where he's yeah. publicly mm-hmm. telling them. And this has been months. I mean, this, what, this started in August <clears throat> earlier than that. I guess I, I don't know. It's it's been a while. Like this is this oh the confrontation first happened in February. February, that's right. A lady, right. the lady who mm-hmm. stopped him in the yeah. lobby. That so was we February, don't again. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Um, one, I think that um, church members. So I think the elders need to be faithful and as transparent as they can possibly be, mm-hmm. so that the congregation will trust their elders. And even when there's things that can't be discussed openly the church members should trust their elders like if you go to a church and you're always suspicious of the the hidden intentions and motives of your pastor maybe it's time to go to a different church right like you should you should be able to trust you may you may not always agree with what 
your pastor or, or elders are doing. But if you are always disagreeing, or if you just don't trust them and think that there's something sinister going on, maybe go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Imagine, put yourself in his shoes, though, okay? I mean, he is, pastors are held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to dealing with our sin, I don't think that then means things are more public. Pretend pretend yeah. that just as a regular church member, you fall into something like this, some type of sin. Uh, do you immediately want the pastors to tell everyone <laughs> right. everything about your life? Right. Obviously not. Mm-hmm. You'd want your pastors to, to deal with it, yeah. you know, if you actually right. want to follow Christ. And you'd want them to have some type of confidentiality so that they don't air out all your dirty laundry. Mm. Um, the th- the third thing I was going to mention was um, ignore what those outside the church are saying, right? Like the Den Hollanders. I've got a I've got a tweet that just providentially popped up while uh, while we were talking about this. Um, I'll show in just a second, but um, it's it's a lose lose situation with someone like Rachel Den Hollander. You go public, and she she's going to step in and act like the expert. She's like the you know um, the sexual abuse pope for right. all these churches, um, and if you don't and you handle it in house, they're gonna accuse you of hiding stuff. Right? Who cares what Rachel Den Hollander says? Mm-hmm. Who cares what people on Twitter are saying? Like, be faithful in your local church and don't care what the people outside the church are saying. Like, yeah. Again, it is not. It's not our. I am not an elder or a member or even a visitor at Village Church. What right do I have to know all the ins and outs of of what's going on? It's, yeah, exactly. You know, Which is the message I initially had sent to you. Yeah. And then it kind of blew up nationwide mm-hmm. after that. I've seen memes um, about this, um, distasteful memes mm-hmm. about this, um, tweets. We need to be hands off on this. I mean, we need to be praying for Matt Chandler and the village church and the people involved that this will be resolved biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, got a lot of, I've got a lot of problems with Matt Chandler um, just because of his leanings into social justice. I mean, he's said and done things that I would disagree with yeah. entirely. Uh, that doesn't mean I want to see him fall. Yeah, people seem to be happy over this. Mm-hmm. Espe- well, even some that would say that they're they are Christians. Yeah, um, those of the uh, gay mafia. Oh yeah, that's what we'll call them. Okay, that's not original to me, but they are. They're a mafia, the gay mafia, who and those including that say that they're LGBTQIA um, Christians. Yeah, because they're that's a whole community now. They. Love it that this happened. You could you could see that they're so happy, like they're the failure of someone who is not in their camp. Yeah, they love it. Yep. And just like in the first case with the student loan debt stuff, and there's a common theme here. Mm-hmm. It's attack the church, right? Uh, anything, every yeah. opportunity, any opportunity available, attack the church. Mm-hmm. And by, and by the church, I would mean like the historical. The historical Christian church, yeah. those that actually follow Jesus and his teachings mm. in the broad sense, right? Um, attack. Yeah. So use the student loan debt thing, attack Christians. <laughs> right. Matt Chandler falls, 
or I don't know if he actually fell or not, but this thing came out, attack the church. See, it's the conservatives. It's Mm -hmm. the complementarians. It's those who actually follow the Bible. Uh, And so that it's just nonstop attack because we like we're we're engaged in a spiritual warfare. We and we always forget that. Yeah. So it's any opportunity, every opportunity. It's always the Christians. All right. Well, with the the Matt Chandler thing, something else has resurfaced, pops up every once in a while um, that we were going to talk about. And you're looking at me blank, so I'm, I don't know. Uh, just imagine. I thought you had a tweet or something. I'm you just were imagining read. that it's COVID. It's COVID brain. Uh, the Billy Graham rule oh, yeah, has yeah. Um, has resurfaced. Yeah. This, this comes up every once in a while. It came up with uh, with uh, Mike Pence when he was vice president because he was following the Billy Graham rule. Um, we're not getting to the third thing we're going to talk about. Today. Oh, we got to get to. There's the third no way we can. We're at 112. Hey, are we, we going have, mega? Episode? Hey, we didn't have we didn't have one. We didn't have anything last week. Jim. I mean, I'm game for it, George. We didn't have anything last week. We got to give the people what they want. Okay, we can do it. I'm good with it. So Billy Graham rule. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm surprised I forgot about this since I was the one. Who's You're like, the one hey, that wanted to talk about, about it. Let's talk about Billy Graham rule. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just another way the church is being attacked in this. Right, right, yeah. So some people would say, see yeah. the Billy Graham rule. All right, so tell us what the Billy Graham rule is. Okay, so I think it was 1958. You got to give the other uh, the other name, because when you told me the other name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got this off of billygram.org because I want to go to their organization. I want to see uh-huh. what they say the Billy Graham rule right, is. Right, right. So in Modesto... California, so some people have called this the Modesto Manifesto, and for it. some reason you love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, the Modesto Manifesto. Okay. And it looks like, uh, yeah, that's actually, they they have that on here. I, that's not just a thing it's that I It's not just a nickname. They actually call it that. Well, they don't call it that. Other people have called okay, it Okay, okay, okay. But in 1948, um, he began a series of meetings in Modesto, California, along with his ministry team, you know, Cliff Burroughs and all the other people that were involved in that. And, you know, his ministry was pretty big, mm-hmm. you know, even then. Yeah. And so he recounts it in his uh, autobiography, mm-hmm. just as I am. So he said there was two things when they had their meetings before those crusades and stuff that he wanted the team to all be on board on the same page with. Okay. One of them was how they spent their money. He never wanted the use of money and donations to be, that there could be anything anyone could ever use against them to say anything bad about the gospel or their ministry. So above reproach. So that was the first. Okay. The second was uh, that there were a number of failures of evangelical ministers and evangelists at the time regarding women Nothing seems to have changed. There's nothing new under the sun, right, Jay? And so he didn't want that to ever happen to uh, harm their, you know, their propagation of the gospel. Because he was really at the beginning, man. He was right, just a hundred and ten percent right in for evangelism, right. evangelistic meetings. So he never wanted anything to threaten that, especially any allegation that could ever be brought. So. To head that off, they together, him and his ministry team, came out with this idea that they would never be alone with a woman um, ever. Mm-hmm. Never go privately to dinner with a woman. That's even a friend. Yeah. Uh, even if there's nothing there, to to avoid even the appearance or would let people even 
uh, begin to speculate about things. Mm-hmm. Never be alone with a woman. Um, I think even like ride in a car alone with mm-hmm. a woman, um, but never be in a room alone with a woman. Right. And they did that to protect the ministry. See, see back then people were trying to trap Billy Graham. Right. He went into one hotel room, um, and that someone had hired like a prostitute, mm-hmm. and she was in the room waiting for him. And there was a photographer ready yeah. to snatch a picture of him. Yeah. With this lady, because mm. surprise, we are in a spiritual war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People keep forgetting, but he had his his boys. They were with him, so they all rolled in the room together. Yeah. It ruined their mm-hmm. conspiracy to derail Billy Graham. Yeah. So. He said, let's just make sure that could never even happen. And so that's that's the way he lived his life. Yeah. From there for forever. And guess what? Billy Graham never got in trouble. Right. In that. Mm-hmm. So some have said, hey, that's a pretty smart way to live. Yeah. And others have said, <laughs> what's wrong with you, men? Yeah, men are men are nothing you're just, but animals. You're nothing but sexual beasts. Right. You can't you can't even have a friend that's a woman right. without controlling yourselves. All you do is you look at women as if they're meat. Yeah. Like they go on and on about this, like this is your problem. As if there are ever women who seduce men. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It's always the man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, when I was deployed to Iraq, uh, my very best very best friend one of my very best friends on earth he used to mow my grass for Angie. Um, and I, tr- I would trust him as much as anybody else that he's never going to make a move on my wife. It's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's, he's, it's just would never happen, but he wouldn't go into my house while I was gone. Mm. So if he was thirsty and you had to bring him some water outside. Yeah. Probably smart, right? Mm-hmm. Because what does he not want to happen? One of my neighbors see Tatton go right. in my house, and then somebody like sends me a letter, hey, I saw a dude go in your wife's house while <laughs> right. you were gone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there are just some things that are just wise. Yeah. Like These are common sense wisdom things. The question that I, that I think we should explore is, is it wise to implement today? Like, Should this just be something that Christian men do? Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate to have friends? Because people are saying, look, if you're married, it's totally appropriate to have a really good friend of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, come in, uh, enter Jacob Denhollander. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, you could say what you say. This is uh, this is Rachel Denhollander's husband. Okay. All right. And he's just as much... <laughs> an obnoxious <laughs> Twitter guy as, uh, as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was sitting here while we were talking and it, it, this several tweets popped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in response to him. So you can uh, turn over to my screen and you'll see Jacob Den Hollander. The problem with the Billy Graham rule isn't that it recognizes that there can be inappropriate interactions and sets up boundaries. It's that it categorizes any male-female interactions as problematic, usually to the detriment of women. We should all exercise wisdom, but getting coffee isn't sex. So there's his. So he's saying the problem with the Billy Graham rule is not that it sets up boundaries, but that it sees all interaction between men and women as as a problem. Yeah. And it usually is detrimental to the women. I saw... Uh, 
I don't know if it was a tweet or a comment um, that, you know, what if a woman needs to talk to her pastor alone? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the Billy Graham rule means that she can never talk to her pastor alone. Right. Um, here's the, uh, this is um, Gabe Hughes. Uh-huh. What we, when we understand the right. text. This is him responding to uh, Jacob Denhollander. Now call me cynical. But I have a really tough time believing a Den Hollander could see a pastor getting coffee with another woman who is not his wife, just the two of them, and think that's perfectly innocent. Power dynamics. And right? here's what of here's course. what Rob Martin um, says. He's a he's a, he used to be a trust, trustee on the executive uh, committee. Yep, the SBC. Uh, he says respond. He's this is in response to uh-huh. he's retweeting the when we understand the text right. tweet. He says, in the very next breath, Jacob and Rachel will condemn any pastor who takes Jacob's advice as grooming the woman he has coffee with, and the interaction is inherently abusive. Not adulterous, abusive, because power Power dynamics. dynamics. In the words of Admiral Akbar, it's It's a a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Because that's exactly what they do, right? That's what they do. Um, if, If the pastor is meeting with a woman by himself... You're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't, if you follow the Billy Graham rule, well, it's detrimental to women. But if you do, then you're, you're a groomer. groomer. Your your uh, your power dynamics are at play, and and it's abusive, uh-huh. right? So even if she were to be an initiator because she fell in love with you, it, it would be your fault anyway, right? Because you should have known, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't have spent time with her like that, right? Yeah, you can't you can't win, can't win. That's why I said. Um, just ignore the Den Hollander type people well, here, when they're talking about these issues you. because you can't you can't win you can't win with them. Let's not be stupid, okay? You do not even have to be a Christian to understand that a married person should not have close friends, very good close friends that are not his wife. Yeah. Nor should a wife have very close friendships and do things with people that men that are not her husband. Mm-hmm. It is common sense. Yeah. It's common sense that that is setting up things now, that could be now, really bad. Now flesh that out a little bit, Jay, because um, I have female friends. Mm-hmm. You have female friends, mm-hmm. I assume. <laughs> Do you have friends? I don't, I, even know. I don't even know if you have men friend, male yeah, friends. I don't, Do, you, I, Do you even have friends? I, I have friends. Okay. I have right. friends. It may, may surprise some. Okay. So... What is it? What's this look like? Like flesh this out a little bit for us. Is it saying that that you can't have a friend that is female? Uh, well, of course not. I you mean, should. we're in a church that Every, that is composed of male and female, right. and I mean, what would it look like if we only talked to the men? Right. Every, everyone right. in the church, like as a pastor, everyone in the church, I work, you should be friends so, friends with it. They're right. your friends. So on so on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. on Tuesdays, I um, we have a homeschool group that meets yeah. um, for uh, for the full day, mm-hmm. and it's uh, tutoring and, and going over the curriculum that the kids have been doing at home mm-hmm. for the week. I'm the only guy who's a tutor, mm-hmm. so we've got right a bunch of women. Uh-huh. Um, we've got to do training together. And I would say that they're my friends, uh-huh. right? And sometimes you might even be alone in a room with one of them. No, I, I can't say no. Right, uh, I don't. 
I but mean, you're not off gonna, the top of my head, I, but it, I don't know. But, but if you guys are like working and then right, right. somebody leaves and you're not going to be like, I don't oh, like, I can't be in here I don't with like you. look around and flee. Right. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a Joseph scenario. Right. Um, so flesh, flesh that out a little bit. Um, what okay, is that, this, what's this that is look, too easy. What's this is that too easy. Like? All right. Obviously, there are going to be times in life where you're going to take a car ride and something happens and it's going to be you and it could be you and a lady that from work or something that has to go somewhere. Um, here's what you do. You text your you wife. You mean if you're driving down the highway and, and you see see one of uh, the ladies from church with a flat tire, you don't just... Yeah. Right. I'll call my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... I th- I'm pretty sure I've even gone to fix somebody's uh, flat tire. For, okay. That was a church member before. Okay. And it, it's easy. You don't... So you don't have close friend relationships with someone that's not your wife. It's it's just that that simple. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean you never go out? Like, I there's no way in a million years that some lady from the church was like, "Hey, um, I need to talk to you about some stuff," mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't really want other people to hear it. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, no, <laughs> right. So you got to. So we got to. We got to keep. We got to keep peeling back the the right. onion. What so. So what does a close, what's a close friend look like? Like, what do you mean? Uh, a, a man should not have a close friendship. You should not be a spending a lot of time with women that are not your wife. Okay. Period. So is that, is that what you're? Yes. Okay. If you have to, if you have to spend time with a, with someone who is not your wife, like a, for whatever reason, so I, I would take a modified, I guess, stance on the Billy Graham. Rule. Okay. I'm not opposed to having coffee. In public with someone who's not my wife. Okay. Now, if I were to do that, I would let her know I'm having coffee with this person mm-hmm. at this place. And if it was confidential, I might even say I can't tell you exactly what they need to talk to me about, but they need. But some it probably help. wouldn't be. A and I would tell you. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be as social. It wouldn't be a social. A, a that's what. Social. Yeah, that's what you're getting at. Right. It wouldn't be a social and be like, hey, uh, let's hang out. Let's hang out. Like. I could do that with maybe even a guy, a, you know, the guys at the church. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you come over? We'll sit around and we'll just talk about stuff and uh, just me and you. Yeah. Uh, could never, would never do that with a woman at the church mm-hmm. ever. Right. But I wouldn't, but I wouldn't take the position where I could never be alone. Mm. Um, we have windows right. in our office. So, mm-hmm. of course, a lady could come in. The window's there. You're there. I think I may have even told you once uh, someone who, who wasn't a member of the church, a woman said, I need to talk to you really bad. Yeah, I remember And I that. came and told you, a woman's coming. Yeah, I remember that. And you wanted someone there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, that. I don't even remember if you were in the room, but I told you. I don't think yeah. so, but I was I was within earshot. Yeah. So, look, all that stuff's fine. And, and they're saying, if you follow the Billy Graham rule, you can never do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess mine's a, a modified version of that. Okay. Um, I, it's crazy to me what these people are saying. Yeah. Well, first I, I would say I, I, if he did have like a super close relationship with this lady. Talking that, about Chandler. For me, that crosses the line. Okay. All right. So if it's my daughter, let's say it's my daughter and she tells me, Hey, I, you know, one of my best, my best friend, maybe other than my husband is this guy. And I talk to him all the time. But but my husband knows. I'd be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> what? Why? Uh-huh. You don't? 
why would you do that? You don't need right. that. Uh-huh. There's no reason for it. Mm. Um, it just shouldn't be. Mm. Um, as I said, it's common sense. <laughs> like, don't put yourself in the position because what happens when we know what happens? Like, we live in a fallen world. Like, pe- people want to think they have this overrealized eschatology. They think that because um, Christ has come and he has risen from the grave and he's died for our sins and we're being sanctified, they still think that somehow, like, we ought to be able to have relationships with females like we'll have in the new world. Yeah. That's not reality. Yeah. We aren't there yet. Yeah. So be smart and safeguard. Like, people don't set out usually with the intention of having an affair. Right. Uh, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to go back to that uh, that Jacob Den Hollander tweet because at the end he says we should all exercise wisdom, but getting coffee isn't sex. Well, it never. Well, we need, and we need to ask the question: like How, that. when, do, how does coffee turn into sex? Right. Yeah, we know. We know that there's a difference between meeting somebody at a coffee shop and meeting someone in their home in their bedroom. Right. Right. Uh, but how do you get there? Well, we you don't you don't just you don't just fall into this. It's not it's not something that you ac- you know you accidentally. This is where exam we we could have brought out the art exertia art exertia mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, yeah. There was that long article. It was even the, written by the lady. Yeah. And I and like I told you, the beginning. You know, they say, oh, it's power dynamics. It's art exertia. It's all his fault. Right. But they had an inappropriate relationship. Emails. They yeah emails. Conversations. They uh, she would go to dinner with him. Uh-huh. Uh They're talking theology or whatever mm. they're doing. That's how it all started. Right. Her husband knew, and he was like, "Oh, you know, that's good that you're getting mentored by this guy." Yeah. But all right, red flags. You're spending all of this time with this person. Right. And right. surprise, mm. an affair happened. Right. So yeah, coffee. Coffee isn't sex. Right. But coffee over a period of time can definitely turn into it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, there's an, there becomes an emotional attachment. You, you shouldn't have an emotional attachment to someone who's not like, uh, of the opposite sex, that's not like your children. Mm-hmm. And not, not, because all it does is it just opens a gateway. Right. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, for, for sin to happen. Yeah. It's unwise to think we can, like I said, we're not in the new world yet. And putting up guardrails, especially if you're trying to put guardrails up to protect, uh, as Billy Graham did, to protect the testimony of the gospel in the world. That's smart. But it's really smart for any Christian um, to do. So there, that's that's kind of my beliefs on it. I don't know if I fleshed that out enough for you. Um, it's okay to have friends. Um, that of, of of the opposite sex, they shouldn't be your closest friends, um, and you shouldn't be spending a lot of time with them. Yeah, like what do you? Who has this time anyway? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> like, like Larry, who's got the time to do that? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Apparently, many. <laughs> like if I get if I get free time, if I get free time, uh, Angie's getting it. Get my free time. Yeah. That's that's who's getting it. And how do you come to that place where you're like, you know what? 
Uh, we've been married 20 years. I think it's time some other ladies get time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to be a, a complete moron to go that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that it it's um, maybe obvious for us, but um, I think it's it's good for us to uh, to again remind people invest in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Invest in your marriage. Invest in your spouse. Spend time with them. They should be your best friend. They should be your best friend. Um, if you're if you're going out, go out with your spouse. Uh, you know, you should be able to talk openly with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You should be able to joke around with your spouse. Yeah. You know, um, I don't, I never feel like there's a time where I need to get a, um, you know what? I could just use a break from you. So I really just need to, to, to go with the boys. Now there's nothing wrong with having, you need male companionship. I mean, I got a sermon coming up on friendship and companionship from Ecclesiastes. Yeah. For crying out loud. So, but, I, but what I guess what look, I'm saying, I, I've got I've got friends who are listening to this podcast, and I hate to break it to them, I'd rather spend time with my wife than go out and do anything with <laughs> with any guys. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's uh, if it's you know, sometimes my kids go and spend the weekend with my in laws, mm-hmm. and it's just me and Julia. Right. I'm not gonna leave her at home so I can go hang out with the dudes. Right. Sorry, I I'd just rather spend time with my wife. But there is times where friendship uh, oh, yeah. and companionship with others who aren't your spouse is really good and a great blessing from God. Yeah. To you, I'm just making the case it shouldn't be uh, a woman. Just think back to Jesus's time. Mm-hmm. If you think I'm crazy, can you imagine a in any scenario where um, it would be appropriate in Jesus's time? for uh, some married guy to be like, you know what, I'm just going to go on a walk uh, by the Sea of Galilee with this lady. (laughs) We're going to spend alone time together. We just need to talk some stuff out, Mm -hmm. and she's my closest friend. Right. Like, that would be weird back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it still is today. It's danger. It's dangerous. Yeah. If you can't talk to your wife about something, but you can talk to another woman about it, something's something's wrong. Something's gone awry. Right. Right. Um, I mean, the first what seven chapters of Proverbs is just filled with Solomon giving instruction to his son about avoiding the the strange woman. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote strange woman, the mm-hmm. adulterous woman, right? Um, and one of them is a picture of I was looking, isn't, I was looking out my window. I thought Solomon's son was a prince. Yeah, that's right. It would all it would, wouldn't it according to uh, the Hollanders? Well, the, well, yeah, the power it would dynamic. be his fault, right? right. Power right. dynamics. Yeah. Um, See, this is how you know that they've gone gone awry, right? Um, but the wisdom is there. Yeah, yeah. We were reading this morning. I read it. Drake and I read it this morning because mm. we'll do uh, a proverb." For the day of the week, mm. um, but it, it, one of the pictures is Solomon saying, "I I was looking out my window and I saw a man walking down the street, going past the the door of of the forbidden woman, and uh-huh. um, and 
who does he run into? He runs into the woman, right? Um, because he was unwise. Mm-hmm. Like he knew where he was going, and he, you know, he. How close can I get? Right. How close can I get? Um, I cannot. I cannot find it, Jay. Um, which is really frustrating. But I have it memorized in Proverbs: "Guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellspring of life." Right. Right. Um, this is why you don't have those close relationships with someone of the opposite sex because you're you are developing that. I can just tell this person anything, mm-hmm. and you're not guarding your heart, right? Right. Guard your heart mm-hmm. um, because out of your heart flows your actions. Right. I think it, people kind of do have a longing for that, maybe. Um, so you may have a really good close relationship with you know your child who's of the opposite sex and obviously that's okay that's god's design um they may even be your super close friend someone you talk to every day again that's good and that's fine but going outside of the that kind of those bounds is it's just unwise you know now there could be i think a scenario where you could have a younger person and an older, more wise person. Like, let's say um, you had a lady who never had a father, but in the church you've got an old man, older man, and I mean by years, like he's grandfatherly, and he invests in that lady, and she he becomes to her almost like a father. He'll go to her ball games or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because she doesn't have anyone like that. Um, I think there are scenarios like that where something like that is appropriate. Mm. He becomes to her almost like a surrogate father, father she never had. So he takes care of her, um, looks after her, makes sure maybe she's not being taken advantage of by other men. Um, but again, even in that scenario, other people in the church probably would be involved in that type of relationship. Yeah, I you would know, hope so. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I would think so. So. All right, you had one more thing for me, Jay, and don't <laughs> don't you dare George. don't you dare say we're out of time. You set this oh up gosh. for me before we started recording. You did this to yourself, my friend. Are people even going to listen to this episode? Uh, it's so yeah, long, care. dude. It's so long. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to keep going. You missed me that bad. Hmm? I didn't say that. I just said that you you said you had something, and you weren't going to show it I to do. me. You weren't going to show it to me. Yeah. Um. Here we go. That'd be like you setting up the corn video and then saying, "You know what? We're out of time." <laughs> don't deprive. <laughs> don't deprive me, Jay. I mean, it's, don't deprive it, me. It, it, it. All right. I just found this tweet, and okay. I thought, let's just talk about it, because you know what? It was uh, earlier this week, Brooke, Brooke gave a presentation about like who she is, right? So she gives a presentation, I'm Brooke, whatever. Of course she says, and I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, what, why, and whatever, because she can't... Did really, she give her pronouns? Can a, can a Christian really give a presentation about who they are and not say that? Um, so then later in the class, somebody else went, and it was all about their, you know, their... LGBTQ, whatever, they're that type of person. Mm-hmm. And theirs was, and I'm an LGBTQ 
Christian. Okay. So, of course, Uh apparently that started a discussion amongst the, uh, well, I call them the gay mafia because they'd like to bully, they like to bully people. Uh, and, and Brooke, who has never been bullied a day in her life. And I mean, it, I mean that seriously, <laughs> that's just, that's just her nature. So even, you know, when Drake was, uh, would try to pick on her and stuff, she would, uh, she'd hold her own and retaliate. That's just her nature. But of course she's not going to let that go. So that starts stuff and between them two and her talking with them. Of course, they always throw out the bigot thing and whatever when they're the ones that hold all the power today. So I actually asked her when it was over, I said, uh, do you feel like they're they're bullying you? Because if they're actually bullying her, then I was probably going to go talk to the principal about it. Because um, I'm open for free and honest dialogue, but you're not going to leverage, because they have all the power in society, and you're not going to do that. Um so, but she was like, no, nah, it's good. But started this conversation, and we were just talking about what does the Bible actually say about homosexuality and stuff. And then I ran across this little gem. Okay. I was like, I just got to bring this up with George. I got to show it to him. All right. This guy, Nathan Dean, and, and you can see how much this, this was retweeted. You can switch over to it. Um, look how many likes and retweets this has. Okay. He says, Nathan Dean says, after months of personal study, I'm announcing that I am affirming I no longer believe LGBT people are going to hell for their sexual orientation or identity. My LGBT brothers and sisters, I see you, support you, and love you. I'm sorry for how my old beliefs harmed you. All right. You can, uh, let's see. I'll tell you when to switch back. Now, this, of course, as you can imagine, the comments are crazy. Um, yeah. they're just all over the place. <clears throat> Here is the steps that he says uh, he took to get to where he is. Okay. Okay. Right. The humility, kindness, and display of Christ likeness of the LGBT Christians on this app. <laughs> um, uh huh. Okay. Uh, I, I suppose that probably has something to do with you coming and joining their camp. But don't join their camp and see how kind they are. Yeah, there's a... Why did he get pushed out of his church? Who knows? You know. You don't know. There's a good, he there, was. There's some... Uh, yeah, there's... When I came seeking a supportive community after being pushed out of church. Yeah. There's something right. Something I, I would need to know there. Yeah. Yeah. They were nice to me after I got pushed out of my church. What did you get pushed out of your church? So he, you know, that's part of his other stuff is he claims to have been. They didn't even ask about his beliefs. Right. It's just all affirming. Right. Unless. I don't want to go through all of these. Unless you don't affirm. Right. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Homosexuality. Right. Um, Point six is what I want to point out. Okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> After he says six. You were going to hold on to this? You weren't going to You weren't going to share this? Oh, Jay, just for that. After, just for that is, is worth it. <laughs> After a, yeah, point six, he says, that led him to this belief, uh, is after a deep study of Romans 1 and its historical context. All right. Um, and uh, let's see. I think I, I screenshotted... 
his deep study. I don't think I sent it to myself. <laughs> oh, yeah? But he says what it was. Uh-huh. Um, I want to read it to you. A deep study, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. It was J.D. Greer's sermon, and he said that the Bible whispers about sexual sin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it was a different guy. Okay. He just says, and he never says, which, like, where where his deep study was. Okay. Um, he, so he does say this, however. He says, yes, uh, the Bible was a part of that, especially Romans 1. Mm-hmm. You just have to read it and study it outside of the scripture is clear hermeneutic. <laughs> <laughs> so I really laughed when I read that. George, you just have to study it outside of the scripture is clear hermeneutic. Okay. <laughs> What's not Let's possible, get rid of George? That. <laughs> Anything's possible here. Anything and everything is possible if you get rid of that hermeneutic, Jay. <laughs> right. A scripture is very clear. Um, but look at this. Uh, I just got a kick. I got a kick out of this, and then I thought we would deal with some of these texts that talk great. about homosexuality. Um, uh, here we go. Look at this interaction. Okay. This is this is a guy defending him uh, that says, you know, when he kind of came to the point where he actually studied the issue to himself, he came to the same conclusions. And a guy pushes back on him, and he's like, well, what kind of materials did you study that led you to believe in accepting the clear biblical teaching on this issue was somehow an op- like optional, an option? Mm-hmm. And I just love this, because I'm sure it's the same type of deep study the other guy did. The Bible, this is what he says, the Bible, mm. commentaries, uh-huh. uh, no specific ones, right. resources on the historical period, and you know that's kind of like a thing that I like. Uh-huh. I've, right. read, I've read a lot of mm-hmm. actual history books on Roman history and Jewish history. Mm-hmm. Uh, not history as you would think it, but of like the cultural right. setting. Right. Uh, here, I love this one. The Anchor Bible Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> There's his deep study. <laughs> the Anchor Bible Dictionary. Uh-huh. Just blew it out. You just blew our minds out of the water with that. <laughs> Turns out the Bible's not as clear as many people want it to be. Mm, it deals yeah. with pe- pederasty, okay. uh, pedophilia. That's what he said. Right, right. <laughs> pederasty, uh-huh. not what we know as homosexuality. Mm. All right, so yeah, we got to talk about it. Well, I like the uh, I like the next the next uh, two comments. Yeah, I don't think these arguments are even remotely convincing. He's mm-hmm. not swayed by the uh, the authority of the Anchor Bible Dictionary. Yeah. Do you believe that if two Christian men in Corinth had been having a consensual and egalitarian sexual relationship, Paul would actually have approved? And then the next person says, "Paul is not Christ," you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where it always comes down to, right? Right. That always that in some way that always comes out. Well, I don't follow <clears throat> Paul. I follow Jesus. Right. And so they they reveal what they truly believe about the scriptures. They don't believe that all scripture is God breathed. Yeah. And they certainly don't like Paul. And they don't believe Jesus is God. Right. Because Jesus was, as we talked about many times, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the one who was hurling fire and brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah right. was the second person of the Trinity. Yeah. Right. Then the text literally says that. The one who gave the law. Yeah. Uh, that said a man shall not lie with a man. As he lies with a woman. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that was Jesus. Yeah, uh, the Son that. of God was actually standing there giving that to Moses. Yeah, and that's that's from uh, mm-hmm. Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are curious. It's 19, isn't it? Is it 19? Yeah, it's Leviticus. 
20. Okay. I think. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's 18. I'm pretty sure it's, it's 18. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman is an abomination. There yeah. you go. 1822. 1822. Yep. All right. So that'll be relevant for what we're going to talk about. Um, <clears throat> and so there is no context of Romans 1. <laughs> Let, let's talk about that since he did a deep he did a deep dive into Romans 1. Well, do you have the Anchor Bible Dictionary with you, Jay? So you could... <laughs> yeah. Right. So if, yeah. Okay. if you just go to even in Romans 1... Um, <clears throat> There's nothing in Romans 1 even about pederasty or, or pedophilia. Mm-hmm. That's something that you've got to read into the text. Right. Uh, Romans 1 says that uh, God gives people over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done, and women exchanged uh, relations with each other for natural relations. Uh-huh. So they stopped being straight, and right. they started being gay. Right. And the men, likewise, they did... Uh, they became homosexual. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what's there. So homosexual men, homosexual women. Yeah. To to get to get that this was um, pedophilia, mm-hmm. you you really have to bring that into the text. It's, there's nothing in the text itself uh-huh. that would even suggest that. But Jay, we're still holding on to the Bible is clear hermeneutic, right? Right. Yeah, that's the problem we're reading as the Bible's clear hermeneutic. So what they'll do is they'll take a, they'll take a they'll take a snapshot out of the Roman society, which was that many gay men had a young partner, right? And they still do. They it's it's they groom. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, now in some cases that person may be a, a slave even, mm-hmm. and they'll say, "Look, this is what the Bible's condemning. It's condemning." Um, the the older man taking a um, a young boy Nero Nero did this uh-huh. um, this may be a little <clears throat> bit more pushing the PG thirteen bounds than some parents o- might want to that's but, okay uh, you can cover your kids ears I guess uh, Nero he he had his slave castrated mm-hmm. and then he married him yeah um, so he was he had this weird homosexual relationship right. with, with one of his slaves. Yeah. And so they say, look, that's what the Bible's condemning. Mm-hmm. It's not condemning like consensual, what we would call today consensual homosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. So to that, I guess we would go to um, 1 Corinthians 6, mm-hmm. 9. Uh-huh. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says in uh, the ESV... We'll have to. I might pull up an interlinear so people can see it. The ESV kind of pushes together a couple of words. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. I, but I have all the translations yeah. here. If you want to bring up my screen, you can see it in multiple translations. So the ESV says, and we'll look at other some other English translations, and then go to the interlinear. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral. Uh, surprise! That's everyone who's having sex outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. So you could just stop there. But he goes on, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. And there Uh, is a footnote. There is a footnote that the Greek term 
refers to the active and passive partners in a consensual homosexual relationship. <clears throat> so if you if you use an ESV, they do put those two words together to just say homosexuality, but there is a footnote that says yeah. these are two words mm-hmm. and they do refer to both partners. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um the whole context of this is, or do you not know the unrighteousness? Unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. And then he gets to this. So that ter- the term that is there, men who practice homosexuality, uh, you can see how the other translations, because there's there's numerous words used here. Because people will be like, hey, uh, homosexuality wasn't even a word until like 1700 mm-hmm. or whatever. You heard that before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So let's look here. Uh, Holman. The Holman says anyone practicing homosexuality, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They put the two together. Um, I think it's the NASB. Yeah, NASB has it. They capture the same thing, and that will give us the clue to look at the interlinear. They, 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 the NASB, NASB translates it, do not be deceived, nor neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, mm-hmm. nor homosexuals. The uh, the Lexham English Bible captures it in the most literal, uh, looks like, mm-hmm. um, nor passive homosexual partners, nor dominant homosexual partners. There it is. Now that's the pure literal. Uh-huh. That's the L-E-B. Now, okay, so the word for nor passive homosexual partners and dominant homosexual partners, there are two different words in the Greek for those. So... The question is why? What culturally? Why would Paul do this culturally? So if you know Rome's history, right, and you look in their back in their backgrounds, um, it was not a, not considered bad or shameful for them in any way to be the dominant homosexual partner. That was considered masculine. This is a masculine culture, a masculine society. Uh, it's a it's a warlike society, right? They're a culture of soldiers and warriors, expansion, dominion. So, in the Roman culture, it was considered perfectly normal for that. But even in their culture, right? If you were the passive homosexual partner, um, that was considered to be the wrong thing. Mm. Okay. So, had Paul simply written against homosexuality and just used a blanket like one term for it? Um, they would, people in that culture would have just gone, yeah, we agree. Yeah. We agree too. That's, that's, uh, that's not right for a man to uh, take that role. Mm. So he knows that. So what does he do? Yeah. He uses two terms and he actually, some people believe he may have invented this word for dominant homosexual partner. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. The word for that is arsenicoitus. Yeah. <clears throat> and what does it literally mean? It, scholars believe he took it from the Levitical law, the literal of that word that I think it's the first time it appears in, in any Greek literature. Now it will after this, mm-hmm. is a man who lies with a man as with a woman. Mm-hmm. That's arsenicoitus. <clears throat> What's the other word mean? Malakos is uh, the passive one, the, mm-hmm. the effeminate one. And so he he hits on both. He hits it with them both so that the Roman culture can know both people engaged in this are in the wrong right. in sinning against God. Right. It's super clear. 
it's super clear. So you can't do a deep dive. This is what's hilarious to me about it. You cannot do a deep dive into the culture yeah. and conclude what they conclude. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. What you can do, do what you can do is do a deep dive into modern scholars. Right. All of the modern scholars who are, and I would say probably none of them are uh, believe the Bible actually is the word of God anyway. They're not an Aaronist. You could do a deep dive into modern scholars and come to your conclusion and like come up with these <coughs> new interpretations. Yeah. But this was, again, this was so clear. Paul wrote this stuff in a culture where this was totally acceptable. And what happened? Eventually, as Christianity gained, uh, as more and more people were converted, um, homosexuality was seen for what it was, and the Romans stopped. Yeah. Well, the majority of them, anyway. Of course, probably there were people who were always doing things in secret. But once what was once openly celebrated, it stopped happening. Mm. The other thing that that happened, we talk about the biblical sexual ethics, is that Paul laid the foundation to give uh, women actual rights in their marriage, like not saying that they are equal with their husbands, because he says the the husband is is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, but as we've talked about on here before, prior to Paul's writing this and telling the man you should love your wife, Romans didn't care if you love your wife. <laughs> right. They really care. Yeah. Like what you don't you don't need to love your wife. <clears throat> your wife exists to propagate male soldiers for the Roman Empire. Mm. And broadly speaking, or if you're rich, you know, future um, politicians and leaders. But you definitely don't have to love her. Yeah. That's what you have all these other people for, you know? Yeah. You can do whatever you want. So that's that's clear, right? That's the the sexual ethic. I just thought it was it was crazy. <laughs> I had to resist the urge. Like I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna type on here. I'm like, I can't do it because <laughs> I've I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna enter into like a six hour long thing uh-huh. and I've got a family and I've got kids. And right. nothing I write on here is gonna convince no, them anyway. It's not. Because they're not gonna believe what the they won't believe what the Bible says. Yeah. They won't believe what God says. Right. So that was probably wise to avoid doing that. A deep dive, George. Deep dive. Did a d- deep dive into into Romans chapter one and its historical setting. Okay. Came away with the conclusion that it was actually not about right. that. It was about mm. um pederasty. Yeah. Did I say that correctly? I have no idea. Pedophilia. Let's right. just call it that. Right. So, but that's where we are today, George. That's where we are. Yeah, and there's there's just more and more professing Christians who are going this route. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Let's get down to it. It's not about the Bible. Like they're not doing it because the Bible has convinced them that homosexuality is okay. They're going this direction because they're letting the culture influence them, and they're either throwing the Bible out or they're twisting it to say what they want it to say, mm-hmm. um, or saying things like, "Well, I follow Jesus, not Paul. Right. Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality." Um, it it's all about feelings. It's not actually about what has God said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we as Christians, we need to. Just stand, stand firm. We need yeah. to stand faithful. 
don't don't fall for these kinds of of stupid assertions that well if you just did a deep dive into the historical background you would see that well actually this was okay right yeah no right <laughs> there's no there's no way there's no way that you can actually read the bible and believe that it says what it what it actually says right. and come away saying <clears throat> well I, I think that uh, they would have agreed that that a consensual homosexual relationship was okay. Yeah, there, there's a reason why like Jesus didn't need to explicitly teach on homosexuality. Yeah, right. And it's because literally zero people in that in the culture yeah. thought it was okay. Right. Like they were there are some things that Jesus and the uh, Pharisees were in agreement on. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Yeah. But he did he did uh, talk about sexual immorality and he used the blanket term pornea uh-huh. right. which covers all of Everything. sex. Yeah, any type of sex outside of marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. Is right. pornea, right? And that covers, of course, homosexuality, right? Yeah. But the reason he didn't directly address it when he was in his earthly ministry is um, he was addressing like this may this may come as a shock to people, but Jesus actually cared about people. So if there's a Pharisee standing in front of Jesus, guess what? Guess what? Jesus dealt with the sins that that man was right was involved it, in. Yeah, it, it'd be like saying, "Well, Jesus didn't say anything about bestiality." Of course, he didn't. Yeah. It was agreed upon. <laughs> the Bible is clear. Yeah. This is a sin. Right. It's like them saying he never talked about abortion. Right. That's because the Jews didn't kill their babies. Right. Yeah. So he's he's dealing with uh, the people that are in front of him because right. he wants them to repent. Right. Um, and it also... So if you're wondering, Paul, what do I say if somebody says that? Yeah. What do I say? Jesus never said directly that. Well, you can say what we just said, mm-hmm. or you can say a question to them. Do you understand... The Trinity. Yeah. Do you understand who Jesus is? Um, he already said a lot about it. Right. So, yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that Jesus didn't speak explicitly about it, but then when Paul goes into the to the Greeks and the Romans, when he's in their culture, then he starts talking right. about it because yeah. that those are the sins right that are in the culture. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like Jesus didn't say anything about temple prostitution either. Right. Uh, but when Paul goes to where there's temple prostitutes, he starts talking about it. Yeah, Jesus didn't say anything about burning your wives uh, on the funeral pyres of their husbands. <laughs> right. right, George? Yeah. Like, so when I die, you're going you're gonna to put a bunch of sticks and logs on mm-hmm. a Viking boat, put me out into uh, Lake Latonka, have Angie lay on there. Is that going to be your final doused, resting place? in... Uh, <laughs> kerosene and then when y'all gonna shoot an arrow it's gonna hit her and engulf her she's gonna burn alive on my body hmm. jesus never said anything about that george that's right we could just make a list of things that jesus didn't explicitly talk about <laughs> I know. yeah so that's not a good that's right. not a good uh yeah that's not a good argument. <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah but of course we believe that jesus is the second person of the eternal trinity so Yahweh in the Old Testament, it's talking about Father, Son, and Spirit. Mm-hmm. So what what Yahweh does in the Old Testament is what the Son is doing. What Yahweh says in the Old Testament is what the Son is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, in many places, the Son actually comes in a physical, a physical manifestation and, and speaks with people like, like Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. like Mount Sinai. Um, but we also believe that all the Bible 
is inspired by God, right. including Paul. Right. Uh, Paul is part of the inspired text. So what Paul says is actually a continuation of what Jesus is saying. The mm-hmm. Spirit is speaking through Paul. Um, so Paul is not writing just the words of a man. He's writing the words of God. Um, and the scriptures are clear. Um, yeah. I mean, don't say stupid things like just abandon the scripture. Scripture is clear hermeneutic, hermeneutic. And, then, and then you'll get there. Well, yeah, yeah, you can. But <laughs> you also can use that argument to say practically anything that you want to. Right. Very good. Yeah. So. All right. You well, want to shut us down, George? Sure. We talked about uh, student loan debt forgiveness, and uh, we corn. talked about corn. We did talk about corn. We talked about um, uh, Matt Chandler, how we should engage with things on social media where we don't know all the facts. Talked about the Billy Graham rule. Talked about uh, homosexuality some. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we left out? I don't know. I I don't think so. I mean, we could we I mean there's plenty of things to hit. Maybe we'll hit them next time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh are you going to play me out or am I just going to do this in complete silence? There you go. <laughs> Get it together, Jay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. We hope that this has been a, a beneficial free-for-all Friday. It's been a little bit extra, but uh, got to give people what they want, Jay. Can't just can't just let them go. We gotta we gotta give them what they want. So hopefully, this has been helpful as we've talked about a, a whole uh, plethora of subjects. And uh, if it has, please make sure to like, subscribe, share, and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you. <laughs>